You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On NBA Draft. I'm your host, Richard Stamen. You probably know me better as at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Got a really fun episode for you coming up today. It's going to be over the Georgia Tech players, including ACC Player of the Year, Moses Wright, Jose Alvarado, and Michael DeVoe. Going to also go over my big board I released a week and a half ago, and then also the mock draft that I put up on Monday uh, afternoon and go over just some of the highlights of both of those. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So I'm just going to dive straight into it. Going to go over Moses Wright's scouting report. He's someone who I've found myself watching more film lately. You know, he's he was the ACC Player of the Year, ACC All-Defense, just some background information on him he was a pretty late bloomer he played uh, I want to say it was tennis his mom wouldn't really let him play basketball until pretty late in high school you know being 6'9 it's pretty big has the basketball size he started as a freshman averaging three points a game six points a game as a sophomore and then absolutely exploded uh, in his junior and season junior and senior seasons excuse me going as a senior averaging 17 points per game eight rebounds per game 2.3 assists per game, one and a half steals and one and a half blocks with one and a half turnovers on 53% shooting, 41% from three on very limited threes. That, uh, in total, he took 29 threes each of the last two seasons. And then from free throw, he shot 66%. So, and he obviously, uh, and including height, you know, 6'9, 233. So he's got long arms. He fits the bill for kind of power forward i would say in this season, the textbook power forward can probably play up can stay at power forward just fine but his main tools he's going to be you know his athleticism are going to drive him his versatility because of that athleticism and size length combination and just his finishing ability especially out of the pick and roll are just outstanding traits for him he's an outstanding athlete that really just feeds into all three of those or the other two areas and again he's from georgia tech acc player of the year we don't have a specific wingspan. Uh, and if this is your first time listening to one of my scouting reports, I just go down. I do, you know, the tools, where they're from, a little background information, their height, pros, cons, which I'm about to get into, a quick summary of them, comparison, projected range, what I expect them to do with the NBA role, a best case, worst case, and pretty much just evaluate how I would, you know, post online. So just to kind of tag along with the scouting report. And this one is coming pretty soon. Uh, Moses Wright again. I've probably watched five games of him this last week, so I've seen a fair amount of him. So let's start with the pros. You know, again, athleticism is always going to be his calling card. He can jump from anywhere. He can get standstill dunks, incredible posters. He will do that. He has potential to shoot. He's versatile in the entire front court. I think he can play center. He can guard small forwards. He can guard power forwards. He can play power forward. His body is NBA ready, being pretty athletic and overall, you know, the 6'9", long arms, pretty strong. That combination is really good. He's an above-the-rim finisher. He has good rim or below-the-rim touch, you know, on his layups and everything, but mostly looks to dunk everything if possible. He has an outstanding motor. He just doesn't give up on plays. He loves – that's a big part of why he averages a block and a half per game. And he also has long arms, like I said, 
with active hands and he forces steals, especially overhead steals. He goes, gets a lot of those. So there's a lot to like on that. That's a lot of pros. And a lot of them, again, stem from the physical uh, traits. You'll see in the cons, it's going to kind of, you'll see his rawness, I think, stick out in a lot of these. So it starts with the consistency shooting. Yes, he shot 40% from three, 29 threes. So it's not a real sample size. It's promising because his form isn't broken or anything. It's actually quite nice, but he still needs to add consistency. So he's a bit of ways on that. The second thing, he can be out of position on defense. He's still learning how, when to take risks on defense. And I think that's kind of a growing pain that some team will have to put up with. Uh, he has a basic handle with limited dribble moves. He doesn't, you know, it's a high handle. He, it looks like if you remember the Mitchell Robinson video from, I want to say it was last summer when he was showing off these dribble moves, but it would never work in an NBA game because it's just so high. It's a very similar handle to Mitchell Robinson's in that pickup game. But the difference is Moses Wright can actually use it in game. It's just you don't trust it as much, at least not yet. So if he can lower that handle, get go down, get tight with it, I have confidence in it. Uh, he doesn't really make creative passes. I think when he tries to be creative, it almost hurts him more than anything. Um, and then he also, again, needs to just – shooting is going to be a work in progress, the consistency in general, but his ability to shoot off the dribble is pretty weak right now. His footwork is completely off compared to what it is. From a standstill, his feet face an entirely different direction. And then one area I have on ball defensively as an issue is sometimes he can struggle to guard those post-minded, offensive-minded uh, power forwards. You know, he, one that really stood out was the Clemson games, I think, are a must-watch where he kind of struggles with Amir Sims all around, who's a pretty physical big. So something like that, that would be a weakness for him. So for Moses Wright's NBA comparisons, two guys that really jump out. Uh, I think have a wide range. I think he's pretty similar to one of them, honestly, as a prospect overall, just three years older or three grades older than this player was coming out, which is Noah Vonley. You know, he had a defensive, high defensive upside given his frame and athleticism, but didn't really ever get to put it all together. Had some skill on the offensive end, but again, just never put it together to really be a viable NBA piece. I think that's a pretty worst case scenario. And almost it's kind of realistic, maybe a slightly better version of him if we're being optimistic and then an absolute best case would be jeremy grant who i think he checks out everything on that you know the shooting was a concern the defensive upside is absolutely similar guarding three through five maybe even twos so i think things like that kind of give him commonalities between jeremy grant i think those are kind of best case worst case scenario that being said his nba draft range is probably in the 50 to 60 range maybe stretching into the late 40s his NBA role, I think, is going to be pretty much that energy big early on, uh, combo big, like a Jokar Sampson has a lot of shades of him to what he does. And that's a limited role, um, you know, probably 10, 15 minutes a game, just kind of creating mismatches and creating havoc. The worst case for him, though, is he's unplayable if, you know, the defense against modern fours is hard to overcome. His jump shooting doesn't come along. The lack of creativity hurts him, especially offensively. And if he can't guard those stronger offensive-minded fours like Amir Sims, that might end up hurting him. So, uh, And also, he's pretty raw. If he doesn't grow out of that, it'll be kind of tough. If he exceeds expectations, I think it comes down to two things. You know, the defense automatically translates, and his shooting, the shooting consistency is real. I think that that'll get him out of that raw state that I said, you know, kind of worried me about him on. So uh, that's the Moses Wright scouting report. He, again, ACC Player of the Year. 
absolutely worth investing into. I'm going to do a quick version of the next three guys or next two guys, excuse me, and Jose Alvarado and um, Michael DeVoe. So with Jose Alvarado, he is a six foot guard, 179 senior average 15 points per game, four assists per game, three and a half rebounds per game, almost three steals a game. And that was two turnovers a game on 50% shooting, 39% from the field, or from three, excuse me, 84% from the free throw line. So just a very quick rundown. I don't have a full scouting report on him yet, but I did want to touch on him because I think he's fascinating. He's probably the closest prospect I've seen to a true J.J. Barea coming up. And that's just because of the height, the intensity he plays with on the defensive end. He's absolutely gritty, you know incredible at forcing turnovers will get up in your grill he's not scared of anyone bigger than him and he can shoot and he's quick getting to the rim all of those are every single thing as a Mavs fan that I saw JJ Barea do in his NBA career so I really like him that was more of a shout out with a quick rundown um another guy and, and I would say Alvarado is probably the second best Georgia Tech prospect uh, not necessarily second best player but there's probably a pretty strong case for him on that the other one I really like is Michael DeVoe. He's a 6'5", 197 guard. He's pretty much a shooter and playmaker. Um, I'll read the stats and then give a quick rundown on him. So he averaged 15 points per game as a junior, averaged 16 as a sophomore, so had a lot of similar stats across the board, pretty much a repeat of the season. He averaged 15 points per game, three assists, four rebounds per game, a steal a game, 2.6 turnovers per game, so almost one-to-one -one assist to turnover ratio and that was on 45 and a half percent from the field 40 percent from three he shot 43 percent last year 39 percent as a freshman so that's pretty much going to translate and 75 percent the last two years as well from the free throw line so with devoe i really like his size shooting and playmaking combo but and you know and his defense is also really nice too in terms of just reducing points i guess if that makes sense not necessarily his skill but just when he's on the floor you're noticeably better um, however, the weaknesses are pretty tough. It starts with his athleticism. He just does not have much explosion or burst on either end of the floor. And then also, I think that really may just hinder his ability to adapt to the NBA. I, I don't know if he can keep up with the NBA level athleticism. It might hurt him on defense. I don't know if he can create his offense the same way. And he's also left-handed dominant, um, being left-handed, you know, he loves dribbling left first move, always left finishing left. Uh, and generally he doesn't dunk, which is kind of a concern at six, five. So I, I'm not entirely sold on what his NBA role looks like. Maybe a backup in a two guard lineup with the right team around him. But, you know, it's really hard to find someone with that role in this NBA who just is big and can shoot. The closest thing I can think of is if you take, take away a little bit of take away some defense, add some shooting to this player, it's Dante Exum and obviously remove injuries. Uh, that would be Michael DeVoe, but all three of those guys, I think, do have NBA futures for what it's worth. Um, I just, I think the easiest ones to bank on are Alvarado and Moses Wright. So uh, that's been the Georgia Tech rundown. When I come back, I'm going to talk about uh, my big board I released a week and a half ago. But first, uh, quick words, quick word from our friends over at Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. 
Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and really easy to navigate. You can easily and quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices that, you've, that you need. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, and that's two words, L-O-C-K-E-D space O-N, in their how did they how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Again, my name is Richard Stamen at Maps Draft on Twitter. I want to go over my big board. Uh, I'm going to kind of keep this brief-ish, uh, just kind of go over some things that I stand, think stand out. I know where I stand on players compared to the consensus. I'll probably highlight those. So I'm just going to go through this at the top. My top five is – my top six, I guess, has uh, is kind of controversial. So it's pretty simple at the top three. I have Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Suggs, all three at the top. Uh, and you can hear I've done episodes already on Cade Cunningham – um, some stuff coming soon on Mobley and Suggs, but to round out the top six, I also put out Jonathan Kuminga at four controversial one at five. I got James book Knight, who I think is arguably the very best creator in this draft. And then number six, Jalen green. And, and I want to clarify something because I understand that it is controversial having the, the guy who's probably risen the most of the G or the more of the two, I guess, of the, of him and, uh, Kuminga and Jalen green. But it's not really a knock on him. It's I'm really high on book nine, and I found Green the easiest to knock down. Uh, rounding out the top, the lottery, really, I have Moses Moody at seven, Scotty Barnes at eight, Usman Garuba at nine, Keon Johnson at 10, Trey Mann 11, Jaden Springer at 12, Jeremiah Robinson Earl at 13, and Corey Kispert at 14. So quick explanation, Moses Moody, I think, is probably one of the safest players just being a wing that can shoot, defend, long arms. I'm not overthinking that one. I think he's going to stick around for quite a bit and be a really good player. Scotty Barnes is someone who I think is really versatile, really good passer, needs to learn how to shoot, and I trust his slashing to develop. That's a big swing factor. Usman Garuba, uh, probably the closest prospect we've seen to Draymond since Draymond came into the league. Outstanding defender, decent, pretty good athlete. Doesn't really shoot well, has weird form, mostly just needs to learn to shoot in the corners, and he'll be fine on offense. Good passer as well. Keon Johnson at 10, I really buy the upside. Um, just, you know, two-way, the, the athleticism is going to drive him a lot, and I think the jump shot comes along. Trey Mann, I've done an episode on him, but uh, as you already know. Jaden Springer, another guy who at Tennessee, those guys are really hard for me to tell who's better. He's the younger of the two, probably the better shooter. Not sure he's as good defensively, but he's very good defensively. And then Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I don't expect him to go this high just for clarification, but I do think he's a guy who just can't fail in this league. Being a Villanova guy, you know, he's mistake-free, can shoot, I think, better than the numbers indicate. The form's nice. The free throw percentage is encouraging. And then at 14, I have Corey Kispert, best shooter in the draft. Those guys usually work. So I'm going to highlight some other parts because the lottery is obviously the, the hottest part of a big board. Some other guys, Jalen Johnson, I've heard until they like, you know, it, the intel is legit that is, he's not going to have a good reputation. He has a very uphill battle at the combine and, you know, any interviews, he has a lot to clarify for 
how he handled his Duke departure and even in his high school career, how he left other schools too. Josh Giddey's at 19 for me. I know he's a trendy, trendy pick right now going towards the top, uh, almost into the top 10, but not there on him yet. The shooting worries me, but his passing is outstanding. And you know, that size combination is just remarkable. So some other guys though, uh, crossing at 20, I have Josh Christopher. I know this one, these next two are pretty controversial too. I have Franz Wagner at 21, just kind of hard for me to gauge on what, if it's, you know, well, his tools all translate into a total kind of skill set, And then, but and I, I think I'm probably too low on him. I'm just going to be hundred percent honest. I don't fully agree with him ending up at 21. I think he'll end up higher in the final board. Zaire Williams at 22, he's just a mystery. You know, Stanford was a weird situation for him. Can shoot, though. I really buy the shot, the athleticism, and potential to be a three-level scorer with creation ability. I think he can develop his handle. Um, kind of jumping into the 30s. So Cam Thomas is my 30th player. I think he's very skilled. He's the He gets in his way just a ton, though, which worries me. So I, I want to see him get out of that those habits in the 30s. I have guys like Josh Primo headlines the top of the second round. Uh, and just FYI, 31 doesn't mean necessarily that I have a second round grade because I don't on Primo. I still don't know where the drop-off happens. But Josh Primo is a high upside player. He, If he returns to Alabama, he signed with an agent. Um, but if he returns to Alabama, he should be able to just break out and be that star in that system, kind of the way Kyra Lewis was, I think you'd look at a similar draft stock, you know, pretty skinny, can really shoot and create, and it's just really quick and athletic. Some other guys in this range, I have BJ Boston at 36. I'm very hesitant. Like, you look at Cam Reddish, he had the tools, but the production was just so god-awful, and he really hasn't made much of a career for himself yet. Granted, it's only two years, and I'm not writing him off by any means, but it's not a good... It hasn't been as good as people thought. You know, they thought the jump shot would develop a little bit better. He's a good defender, and injuries have gotten in his way. But overall, it's still been pretty disappointing for Cam. So I think we need to learn from our past. Doing this with BJ Boston, unfortunately. Um, some surprise names: I got Isaiah Livers and Isaiah Wong, thirty-nine and forty. Um, I actually, since I made this, I moved a couple guys up. Miles McBride was forty-one, but he's now in the thirties for me, twenty-nine in that area. Uh, someone, if you want some names that I think could explode going forward, uh, just going to throw out three names here. I'm going to go JT Thor at 48. I think he's someone who will end up higher on my board just because, you know, he's 6'10", athletic, can shoot, probably defend the rim, can has shown some creation ability, very few flashes, but I buy it. So that combo is pretty coveted, and I think he's rising on draft Twitter. You could also see Nemius Keita rising. He's at 59 on my board, but... He took an absolute jump as a junior that I didn't expect. I was very low on him as a sophomore, and he's really proven me wrong. So I really like him. And then for the third one that I could see as a riser, um, I only did a top 70. So just FYI, this is my 63rd ranked player. Dawson Garcia is a 6'11 shooter. You know, he's with that height, you'd think he's a power forward. I see him more as just a combo forward, but the shooting ability plus size. I, I, I don't think you can overthink it. I probably did putting him at 63. I think there's going to be a very strong case for him to end up 45. So those are some guys to know. Uh, that's my big board recap, top 70. The next one, I try and expand them 10 to 15 each time, depending on how much you know I've covered. Um, but to round it out, I'll, I'll just you know kind of finish up the top, the last you know 65 to 70. is AJ Lawson at 65, David Johnson, Malcolm Cazalon, uh Eves Pons, R.J. Nemhard at 69, 
and Ferran Hunt at 70. So that's my big board. I encourage you to check it out. If you go to Mavsdraft.com, my website, you can see it. It's the third pinned uh, article. Pretty easy, pretty accessible. So uh, when I get back, though, I'm going to go over the mock draft that I just dropped this week. Uh, but first, a quick words, a quick word from Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And use promo code LOCKED ON, that's one word this time, L O C K. E-D-O-N at betonline.ag. Welcome back to Locked on NBA Draft. Again, my name is Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft. And speaking of Mavs Draft, actually, this final you know part of the episode is going to be just over my mock draft I, I released on Monday, May 17th. But a quick forewarning, you know, mock drafts are not accurate in the long, uh, mostly actually in general, but this far out, pretty inaccurate outside of the top two picks, they're about as much of a lock as I can remember. But you'll see this won't look very accurate in a month when the NBA Combine has happened just because so much intel happens and is spread there. Interviews, you know, measurements, all of it, the way they play in those scrimmages. So a lot is going to change from this mock draft probably from a month till a month from now when I drop another one. I'll probably drop a couple more, um, you know, now that the season's over and standings are more set. But so I'm going to go over just some of the picks that I think stand out, some things I want to highlight. So I did it just regular, how it was looked on Tankathon. I didn't do any spins, anything like that, just the natural order. So it started with Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley to the top. No matter who gets any pick, those are going to be the top two picks. 99%, I would say, in that order. Now, number three got interesting. So Orlando had the pick. You know, they have some backcourt log jam already which is weird because a year ago they needed so many backcourt spots but with rj hampton cole anthony um it, and markel fultz it gets a, gets a little bit tricky i think they can afford one more but may not want to take two uh which kind of caused me some trouble so for them i took Jalen green gave Jalen suggs kind of speaking of log, log jams to cleveland jonathan Kaminga went to okc just as best player available moses moody six i think that the warriors really overthought what their last draft needed with James Weissman. I wasn't a big fan of that pick, even though I did like Weissman. Um, I think they get an absolute two-way shooter. You know, for, that sounds like someone else that's on their team, but he's not. That's not what he is uh, for clearance. But you know, upside with that pick, Jaden Springer all the way up to number seven. I don't think teams are actually as high on him as draft Twitter, but Jaden Springer to Toronto would be an outstanding fit. James Book Knight to New Orleans gives them that other that really is the third score that they would get that would be an, a legit third option next to ingram and zion and if he gets to be too good where they want to choose him over ingram it makes it pretty easy so to move on from him and then Keon johnson to sacramento scotty barnes to orlando uh keeping you know the last time they drafted a florida state player it worked out pretty well for them usman garuba to charlotte i think that was about as easy of a pick as i've ever made just because they need a big man josh giddy to san antonio Perfect fit. 
Corey Kispert to Indiana, and then to round out the lottery, Roko Prakacin uh, from Croatia, 6'8 combo forward to Memphis, pretty Memphis pick. Uh, it would be him or Franz Wagner. So just some other highlights. Actually, I do think the 15th pick is notable because it's someone who I've seen go in the 6-12 to 12 range, but I don't think he's there just because teams oddly value age too much. Davion Mitchell would go to the Wizards in this case at 15, barring the play-in. Um, and then Alperen Sengun, uh, Schengen, I, I can't remember how to say his name accurately, so I, I am sorry for that, but he would go to Golden State. I think that would be a perfect fit, even with the big men, you know, how they use big men. I think that's a good fit. Jalen Johnson goes to New York, Franz Wagner to Atlanta. Uh, some other names, you know, Zaire Williams goes to the Lakers at 23, which seems like an unbelievably uh, wrong fall for Zaire. I don't think he's, I think you're getting insane value. And then also Bronny played with Zaire at Sierra Canyon. So, you know, there's automatic connection. Sharif Cooper in Houston at 22 right before that. Um, Cameron Thomas in Denver, I think, is a really good substitute year one for Jamal Murray. Obviously not going to be that level player, but still really nice. I really liked what I did for Phoenix. Uh, just kind of fell in my lap. Chris Duarte from Oregon, good backup combo guard. And then in the second round, some interesting names. BJ Boston went to the Knicks. Kentucky ties. I think someone's going to take a swing on him in the 30s. Makes sense since the Knicks. Um, going up to some guys that I've talked about earlier in the episode, JT Thor at 34 to Oklahoma City, a really high upside play. I think it was a good move in this mock. I also have the Kings taking a chance on Isaiah Todd from the G League, really high upside play combo, really power forward with three-level scoring ability in theory, showed some flashes of self-creation in the bubble in the G League bubble, excuse me, and hopefully maybe that'll translate. Someone else who I've talked a lot about, um, a lot mostly on Twitter actually, is Josh Primo. I think if he came back for another year, you're looking at a first-round pick. Uh, kind of like I said in the last you know, last segment with the big board, I, I think that's just outstanding value. It's the Pistons getting a free first-round pick next year if he stays in. Um, Isaiah Livers in New Orleans has another shooter next to Zion. You need shooters next to him. Um, and then as I go down into the, into the, you know, trenches 46, I could put to Toronto, they have back-to-back picks. I gave him Dacian Knicks to round out the G league guys going. Um, and then pretty much one other pick I think is, you know, since I've talked about him, I kind of have to round him out. Moses Wright, 60th pick to Indiana. I think he's someone that Indiana could use as a interior presence. I know they really liked Jakar Sampson. So adding someone who, is pretty similar, helps them a lot. So go ahead and check out that mock. I will gladly take any questions that you have. Uh, That would be off air though, obviously, since this is recorded. And I will try to reply as quickly as possible, but uh, go ahead and check that out. And also speaking of things to check out, check out the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski will update you with all the news on every major sport with uh, some local experts on there too. So follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe. You know you know the whole deal. Give us five stars. Really means a lot to us. And thank you for listening to yet again another episode of Locked On NBA Draft. My name, Richard Stamen. You can find me at Mavsdraft on Twitter.